Today is Friday, October the 20th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. President Joe Biden is now back in the U.S. after a visit to Israel to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The Biden administration is now apologizing for totally doxing a team of U.S. Special Forces soldiers while Biden was in that country. This comes after an unedited or blurred picture of all of the men shaking hands with Biden was posted on the White House Instagram page for hours. This now puts at risk all the special forces soldiers who met with Biden in Israel since they can now be identified and targeted by the terror groups over in the Middle East, including Hamas within the Gaza Strip. The White House has now taken down that picture after it was up for hours and then issued an apology. A senior official from the U.S. State Department, Josh Paul, has sent in a letter of resignation to President Biden over his handling of the whole Israeli-Hamas conflict. In the letter, Paul called the Hamas attack on Israeli civilians a monstrosity of monstrosities. But Paul also said that the planned response by Israel will only deepen the suffering between the Israeli people and the Palestinian people and will not be in the long-term interests of America. Paul condemned the Biden administration for not putting America's interests first, but instead said that blind support for one side is destructive in the long-term interest of both people groups and that the Biden administration is repeating the same mistakes that have been made for past decades by U.S. leadership. So whether or not you agree with Paul's stance on this, this brings me back to the various stories that I have done this past week to highlight the national defense systems that that we know about that are in place in Israel. The Iron Dome, of course, and the newly developed and highly advanced Iron Beam laser defense system. Now, you might be asking, why did I do that? Well, this is where I am going to provide a little bit of commentary and opinion to this report. I did this to remind my audience that there's Still, a lot of unanswered questions about this whole Hamas attack that occurred October 7th. It's now being used in the news, certainly by pro-Israel groups, to justify full-scale war and invasion of the Gaza Strip by Israeli forces. But if you understand what was already in place before this Hamas attack, it leads to some serious questions on how did this happen in a country that has a surveillance and security system that's far superior than anything Hamas employs or even its state sponsor, which is the country of Iran. Also, Israel's military intelligence is far superior. And as we learned this week, its missile defense system is second only really to the U.S. So perhaps it's best to continue to question things rather than take immediate sides with blind support, as Josh Paul wrote about, when it comes to this whole conflict in the Middle East. And so with that, there's something worth thinking about that was brought up by Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA as he was a guest on the Patrick Bet David podcast. So take a listen. So. I, I just have way too many questions that makes me think about what the motives are. And if we go dark, I'll put all those things out there. Yeah. How did how did these guys not know this was taking place? So I've been in Israel many times. The whole country's a fortress. When I first heard this story, I still have the same gut instinct that I did initially. I find this very hard to believe. I've been to that Gaza border. You, you cannot go 10 feet without running into a 19-year-old with an AR-15 or an automatic machine gun that is an IDF soldier. Right. The whole country is surveilled. And so so let me let me just kind of go through this. We don't talk about Israeli politics very often. And most Americans don't know this. The last nine months, Israel was on the brink of civil war. 
It's not an exaggeration. This judicial stuff, there were there were hundreds of thousands of Israelis taking to the streets because Bibi Netanyahu was basically redefining the Israeli constitution. That's not an exaggeration, right? He said the judicial branch has too much power. There were protests planned this week against Netanyahu where they anticipated tens of thousands of people to take to the streets. That's all gone, Patrick. Netanyahu now has an emergency government and a mandate to lead. I'm not I'm not willing to say to go so far that saying that Netanyahu knew or there was intelligence here. But I think some questions need to be asked. Was there a stand down order? Six hours? I don't believe it. Israel's the side of New, size of New Jersey. When I took a helicopter ride from Jerusalem to the Gaza border, it's 45 minutes. Wow. Six hours. They're live streaming the killing of Jews. Was Did somebody in the government say stand down? That is a legitimate non-conspiracy question. I'm only going to make two comments to add to what Charlie Kirk just said. One, war is big business for bankers. They're able to fund and profit from both sides, regardless of ideology. And two, war always allows for those at the seats of power to leverage and obtain even more power over the masses, as well as behave in ways that would not be acceptable under normal circumstances. Several felony charges from the Fulton County, Georgia, district attorney against attorney Sidney Powell have now been downgraded to misdemeanors. Powell has since entered a plea of guilty to those downgraded charges and will serve probation time rather than jail time, pay a $6,000 fine, and write an apology letter to the state of Georgia. Powell is one of the co-defendants in the case that's being brought against Donald Trump by district attorney Fannie Willis, in which Willis is using RICO laws that are designed for breaking up criminal conspiracies to charge Trump for challenging the 2020 election results in that state, along with his group of lawyers. Well, another doctor is talking about the turbo cancer trend here in the U.S. as well as Canada, which has really spiked in just the past two years. Dr. William Mackis is a Canadian radiologist and oncologist who spoke with Dr. Drew on his podcast about what are common cancers that he's now seeing in young people and how aggressive these cancers are in taking life. If you go on GoFundMe and you put stage four cancer and you can pick whatever cancer you want, you could put, you know, breast cancer, you could put lung cancer, colon cancer. Not only are you seeing the shocking ages, young ages of these individuals who are reporting their cancers and their fundraising because, you know, they lose their jobs when they're undergoing chemotherapy, for example. But you see just how many people are suffering, are coming down from these cancers, uh, especially in 2023. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. It's 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 a tsunami of of cancer diagnoses. The top three I can tell you that seem to come up over and over are lymphoma, brain mm-hmm. cancer, and really the most aggressive ones, the glioblastomas and breast cancer. Mm-hmm. If you want to round out, you know, the top five, top six, you got to put in colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to put in lung cancer, testicular cancer, and the leukemias uh, are extremely aggressive. These leukemias, when they're being diagnosed. Um, they are killing uh, the individual in a matter of weeks, days, or even hours after diagnosis. They are that aggressive. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism, where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. All this week, The Daily Inc. has been focusing on the newest videos that have been added to the Open Inc. website when it comes to January 6th. 
And the whole issue of whether or not the FBI and Antifa and other groups infiltrated the whole Trump rally in order to change the tenor and actions and public perception of what happened on that day so as to make it all the more easier to accuse Trump supporters of insurrection. One of those who was in the Capitol building on that day was Jacob Chansley, who's a Navy veteran. He was dubbed the QAnon shaman by what he wore and posted. Chansley spent time in prison for being in the Capitol on January 6th, even though the Capitol Hill security camera footage does not show Chansley engaging in any violence or illegal activity inside the building. In fact, when Tucker Carlson was at Fox News, he featured the video coverage of Chansley, showing that several Capitol Police officers were near Chansley at all times, and they never arrested him or even asked him to leave the building. So it's hard to believe that he committed some terrible crime right in front of them. Chansley is now out of prison, and he has recently written an opinion piece for the Gateway Pundit. In fact, it was published on Thursday of this week. His focus is on January 6th and detailing how the deep state government weaponized that whole event. Chansley refers to it as a PSYOP, which stands for Psychological Operation, which has been developed within the government, and it's designed to either trigger people to oppose a certain government or group or for them to rally around a certain government or group depending on the purpose of those who initiate the whole PSYOP. Chansley gives evidence of how the FBI and Deep State have already done this in other cases here in the U.S., from the Russia hoax when Trump was in office to the suppression of information about Hunter Biden's laptop. Of course, those are the most current examples. PSYOPs here in America go back for decades, starting with the CIA's Project Mockingbird, which was a successful attempt at capturing the mainstream media for the purposes of orchestrating government propaganda through those outlets. Chansley also points out how Barack Obama signed off on the Smith-Munt Modernization Act in 2012, which allows the government to engage in propaganda campaigns against Americans without them knowing about it or being told about it. This can all be done in order to influence Americans' perception, interpretations, and conclusions on certain issues or events. Chansley offers a great breakdown of what the ultimate goal was for making January 6th look like a chaotic insurrection that Democrats and the media have exaggerated to rival the events of 9-11 and the Civil War all combined. The goals of the deep state and Antifa infiltration were to demonize Trump supporters before the American public's eyes, suggesting that they are domestic terrorists. Also to demonize Trump as the instigator and thus justify any impeachment or indictments or anything else that can be thrown at Trump to stop him. Another goal was to actually imprison the Trump supporters without due process or recognizing their constitutional rights, which then creates a chilling effect on those who are watching, the rest of the public, who will then be too fearful to engage in any future dissent against the government. And also the goal is to ultimately imprison Trump now more than ever as he seeks re-election in 2024. And finally, one of the goals of this PSYOP is to centralize power within the federal branch, which makes it even easier to target political opponents who might be challenging the powers that be. It also further entrenches the two-tier system of justice that we have here in the United States. This article by Chansley is well worth the read, and I will post the link to it within the podcast description box for the Daily Inc., Also remember that the January 6th collection is available on open.inc and we will make you aware of any new info that's added to that website through this Daily Inc. update. Open Inc. can also be followed on Twitter. The handle is at Open Inc. That's spelled O-P-E-N-I-N-K. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update. 